1: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team team, every day. day, day, day. We welcome you to a special episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast, but it's not special for a good reason. Uh, We already put out episode number uh, 232 earlier on Monday afternoon before OTAs began, and well... Uh, we went over, uh, you know, of course, all the injuries, uh, all, all the position battles, and some of Josh Norman, and so on and so forth, and we said we were going out to Redskins Park for OTAs, and unfortunately, here we are, and already the Redskins have had a disastrous start to the unofficial, unofficial, but official 2019 football season, with the first day of full-team OTA's Reuben Foster, who, of course, his signing... And his acquisition drew so much controversy. His situation uh, was so polarizing. And for many of the wrong reasons and um, ultimately, as you know, he was cleared of domestic violence um, charges, uh, even though it was uh, it occurred at a hotel uh, with the San Francisco 49ers in Tampa last November. He was immediately snatched up and claimed by the Redskins, who immediately, along with the NFL, put him uh, on a list, basically a reserve list, uh, meaning he could not play and could not contribute. And he had to supposedly prove himself well. Unfortunately, after getting cleared by the NFL a couple of weeks ago and basically being what the Redskins have not had, a three-down linebacker with speed and athleticism and physicality and everything um, in a young body. Uh, The second play of the team period, the first team period, it was just as I was getting there, Uh, so I didn't get a good, clear look at it, if I'm being perfectly honest with you at Redskins Park. Uh, But you don't need to see anything more than Reuben Foster crumpled to the ground in agony. And unfortunately, the news, as you may know already by now, uh, as the Redskins kind of suspected and feared, as many of us uh, feared, uh, Ian Rappaport, the first to report it, Adam Schefter of ESPN, soon to confirm right after that, and others as well, that Reuben Foster is believed to have suffered a torn ACL, plus additional damage to his left leg. Uh, He is seeing specialists as of Monday evening to determine the full extent, but the injury has been described as major and significant, as all torn ACLs uh, are. But the bottom line is this. Ruben Foster is not going to play anytime soon for the Redskins. Obviously, he'll miss the entire 2019 season. This is not one of those, well, maybe he could come back in the final week of the season type things. Uh, You have the catastrophic damage to the ACL. You have, uh, we don't know, MCL, PCL, uh, all of that stuff, right? And LCL, I, I would assume other ligaments are damaged. But what we don't know is, you know, Again, much like Darius Geis kind of faced and much like Alex Smith faced for a different surgery and much like uh, other players around the NFL have faced, there is the very real real possibility here that this will be more than just your traditional ACL cleanup surgery, uh, fix it, repair it. It always seems that infection is now the new monster that you're battling here and dealing with. Uh, And, you know, the bottom line is this. um, I don't know when the... Redskins are going to be able to see Reuben Foster if they're ever going to be able to utilize him count on him maybe he'll be ready for the start of t- training camp in 2020 I-, I just don't know I mean I guess you have a pretty good shot of that because that would be about 14 months uh, but this is a brutal blow there is no doubt about that uh, for Reuben Foster for the Washington Redskins for the defense uh, and the bottom line is this um, you know I think with all the controversy, you kind of look at the Redskins and you say they took a chance on the kid. They were vindicated by the no suspension from the NFL. And, again, the charges not going anywhere. And they still got burned. They took all the heat. They took all the criticism. And they still got burned. Now, from the very first minute that they signed him, I thought it was a great football move, as everybody knows. uh, And as everybody should have operated with. Uh, However, I also said, look, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, That's not, you know, that's me. Because I'm afraid of backlash. And, um, you know, I I didn't know at the time what had happened. We still don't know what had happened. Clearly, the alleged victim has certainly uh, had some issues. In terms of her believability, whether that's correct, not correct, I I don't know. Um, But the bottom line is, is the authorities and the NFL did not find any specific physical evidence or damaging evidence to suspend him and or throw him in jail. So here the Redskins take this chance. They get vindicated to some degree. And they're planning and they're planning and they're – and even though they added Cole Holcomb in the draft and even though they went hard after C.J. Mosley, an inside linebacker who left the Baltimore Ravens for the New York Jets and were prepared to spend, you know, somewhere I heard in the mid-70s, maybe upper 70s, for C.J. Mosley because they knew they couldn't absolutely count – on Reuben Foster, especially back in mid-March when free agency began. Here the Redskins are thinking, man, we might just finally have the answer to our problems at that position. We thought we had it in Zach Brown. He was never anything close to what they thought. He was out of position. He didn't know the defense. He didn't know the calls uh, a lot of the times. Uh, he wasn't very good in pass coverage in year one. He was a little bit better in year two. He was a uh, you know a cancerous uh, presence in the, in, the, in the locker room. And they think, oh, man, we take this chance and we surround him with all this Alabama love, all of his, his teammates, all of his guys. Uh, we're going to design this program. The NFL cleared him; he's a cleared of, a th- and they still get not even one full team practice, one full team practice, and it begs the question: Is the Redskins are the Redskins quite honestly cursed? And I think the answer to that is yes, to some degree, if not a large degree. Um, I think the Redskins have done a lot of things wrong over the years. And you can make a very strong argument for Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen for having done a lot of individuals wrong and a lot of people wrong and a lot of concepts and a lot of things wrong. And clearly the Redskins as an organization uh, just have not been a good organization for 25-plus years. And a lot of that is their own doing. But in this particular case, it seemed very it seemed like they were trying to do the right thing for Reuben Foster to help him to help their football team and to perhaps give a kid a second or a third chance. And they still got ultimately burned for it from a football perspective. And, again, you look at all the injuries, leading the league in injuries the last two years, and IR visits, and uh, clearly – You know, it can only be an excuse to a certain degree. But it's hard not to think that the Redskins aren't cursed. What is harder for me to determine is whether there's some sort of divine intervention here, some sort of football god ideology, and I'm not trying to get too religious here, as to whether or not the Redskins are being punished by the football gods for their mistakes, for their their problems over the last quarter century. I, that's impossible to answer. I mean, I bring it up because I've thought about it, and I wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell you that I thought about it, and I've wondered about it, and I've, I've tried to understand the psychology of it. But I don't, get, I don't know that. I, I don't understand fully that. But I can't tell you that I haven't thought about that. If they're being punished somehow, some way— by the football gods or by another divine spirit for all of these injuries all this bad luck all this bad fortune as they try and do the right thing in a lot of cases and I just can't explain it the other way we can try and attempt to explain it is the other way we can try and attempt to explain it is this look this happened, as I mentioned, I had just gotten to Redskins Park as Ruben Foster went down, crumpled in in just enormous pain, and you you feel awful for the kid and the franchise and everything, especially with the bottom line result. But you know, this happened in a non contact practice. This happened three plays or two plays into the OTA team period. Again. Injuries like this can happen anywhere, but it happened on a football field in front of the media, two plays, three plays into an OTA session where there's no tackling, and there's supposed to be no hitting, no physical, the guys aren't wearing pads, and the kid steps on somebody's foot, and he goes down crumpled in a mess, and now his season is done, the Redskins plans are done, and maybe his career is already in jeopardy. So you have to start to wonder, again, yes, clearly bad luck, bad karma, but also is there anything that the Redskins can do to prevent these injuries? And to me, quite honestly, I was asked this a couple of times on the radio on 106.7 The Fan uh, and also um, uh, another radio station down in Richmond where the Redskins hold, uh training camp. And the answer to me is no, they can't prevent these type of injuries, the injury that happened to Alex Smith, the injury that happened to Darius Geis, the injury now that ends the season of Ruben Foster. They can't prevent those injuries. What they can, I think, do a better job of from players that I've talked to over the years, and maybe some of these players, I know some of these players are bitter and angry about losing their NFL career uh, and losing a lot of money. And seeing their dreams go up in smoke. But what multiple, multiple players have told me and others, not just me, is that they didn't feel they got the best after surgery or after injury care. That they were rushed along in some cases. That they were mistreated, misdiagnosed. That they were... um, the, The plan of rehabilitation was not correct. Now again... This is a one-sided approach, a one-sided approach that a lot of these ex-players have taken. I have to take them at their word that that's their view. Clearly, it's their view. I don't know if it's 100% truth, but I don't know why they would be making it up, quite honestly, especially in some of the cases I know all of the details of what exactly happened. I don't want to mention certain players, but it was players that I had good relationships with, Some players that I didn't have good relationships with or great relationships with, and there were problems pretty quickly in the rehab process. And whether that was, again, the Redskins being too aggressive, I don't know. Whether it was the Redskins misdiagnosing or mishandling, I don't know. But I do know this. I think what can be said is that the Redskins cannot prevent injuries like what happened to Darius Geis, Alex Smith, Reuben Foster on Monday. What they can probably do a better job of is in the post-surgery and in the post-rehabilitation phase. I can't say definitively. I can't say I know for sure. But based on what I have observed, people that I've talked to uh, and been around and trust, I think that, A logical argument can be made for that. So when you're sitting here saying, why does this happen to the Washington Redskins? What can they do? What are they doing wrong? Again, I don't think they're doing anything wrong in terms of preventing the injury or the injury from happening, I think that's football. I think that's bad luck, bad karma. And again, some of that might be against the Redskins. I got it, but I can't prove that. I, I can believe that. I can think that, but I can't prove it. But what they probably could do a better job of, and this is an exhaustive, exhaustive topic subject and way out of my league, what they probably could do a better job of is... Um, is is in the post surgery and in the post rehab phase. Uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. Just because, again, I, I don't want to call doctors bad doctors by any means. I don't want to call trainers bad trainers by any means. But. Clearly, I've talked to enough people who felt that they were wronged at different times in the organization, and whether, again, they're right, wrong, bitter, I don't know, but enough guys have mentioned that, have told me in detail what happened uh, and I have no choice but to at least put two and two together and think that this could be a problem, especially when you see Geis, Smith, and now potentially who knows what happens with Reuben Foster dealing with all of the post-surgery infections. Again, some of that is natural. Some of that is going to happen to anybody. But maybe something is wrong. Maybe something is wrong on that end. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, for this particular opening segment, which is a kind of a long segment, but we had to cover Reuben Foster being um, diagnosed, again, according to Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, and multiple reports with a torn ACL and other knee damage in his left knee, and he's obviously done for the season. And you can only hope that the Redskins get him back for the start of the 2020 training camp, but he is... Uh, no doubt about it, a, a, a big loss. And when we come back, we'll hear from Jay Gruden um, on the other side at the post-practice press conference, and obviously he'll talk a little bit about Ruben Foster uh, and the impact that he has made, uh, but about others as well. So we'll hear from Jay Gruden next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, we welcome you back at this episode, number 233 of the Locked On Redskins podcast, uh, special edition. I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, as always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins on Twitter, as well at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all your NFL team news and information and coverage as well. Make sure you check out the new Himalaya podcasting app, personally curated playlists where you can download the Locked on Redskins podcast on Himalaya. And as well, when you get into your car, make sure you tell your smart speaker device, whatever that smart speaker device's name is. Hey, fill in the blank. Play podcast Locked on Redskins or any Locked on podcast, but play podcast Locked on Redskins when you get in your car. So that takes care of uh, some business for us. Before we get to Jay Gruden, I, I wanted to uh, bring you a couple of quick observations from Redskins OTA. Is very limited uh, in terms of what we could provide, uh, but Dwayne Haskins was Uh, in my opinion, very, very impressive. You can see the ball jump out of his hands. You can see the velocity. You can see the setup. You can see the accuracy. You can see the zip on outs uh, and sideline passes and corner routes. uh, And you can see it everywhere in almost every throw that he made. Two particular plays that I wanted to bring up. One, it was the first and only time that I saw him drop completely from under center. Now, it's a simulated center. It's not an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, uh, it's, an, it's not a real center. Uh, it's a, as a matter of fact, it's the team's equipment manager, Anders Butel, who always does this uh, in practice. Uh, and Dwayne Haskins took a five-step drop, and as soon as he hit that back foot on the fifth step of the drop, he fired a strike right over the middle. Uh, a seed right to a tight end uh, who had an inside linebacker it looked like uh, kind of draped close to him if not all over him uh, and it was a great 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 throw uh, and more importantly a drop that was one criticism one question one thing that we had to watch out for for Dwayne Haskins at least in one moment he seemed to master it in my educated, uneducated eye. I'm not a quarterback coach, but it looked very fluid and smooth uh, to me. Another play that I wanted to bring to your attention actually ended in an interception by rookie Jimmy Moreland, the seventh round pick out of James Madison. But Dwayne Haskins kind of shuffled, if you will, a little bit to his right and then shuffled his feet kind of quickly to avoid a little traffic and a little, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, potential sack uh, hit some sort of contact uh, down around his ankles or his knees or his shins and fired a pass. And it went right off the hands of a receiver, right into Jimmy Moreland's hands. Uh, so again, kudos to Moreland, who it was a ball hawk at James Madison. Uh, had 18 career interceptions and hopefully can do that for the Washington Redskins. They have high hopes. Uh, that he can contribute right away, but it wasn't Haskins' fault on the interception, number one, and more importantly, I bring it up because I was watching his footwork, and one of the big criticisms of Haskins is that they didn't, scouting analysts and people did not think he could extend plays, did not think he can move his feet well enough to buy time, to buy that extra half second, to avoid traffic, to avoid a sack. Well, again, It's very, very, very difficult to judge anything long-term. But in this one particular instance, I happen to notice it. I happen to be paying attention, and I happen to see it, and I thought Dwayne Haskins did a really good job. So two major questions with Dwayne Haskins, dropping under center, making his read, timing it up with the route, delivering the ball on time, having it all sync up. That was answered on one particular rep, and as well, another one in this particular case where he shuffled his feet to the right to buy a little extra time and again it shouldn't have been an interception but it ultimately was all right here on the Redskins locked on Redskins podcast Redskins head coach Jay Gruden with reporters earlier on Monday at Redskins Park. Jay uh, what stood out to you today about the quarterbacks and as you're looking at that competition how do you how do you judge it at this early
1: point when obviously both of them are learning a new system?
2: Yeah, that's the key. They have to learn the system first, and then they have to go out here and and, and participate and practice and then and produce and make the right reads and throws. And it's going to be a process. This is just the very, very beginning. We're installing uh, plays for the first time for the group. Um, you know, we started a couple weeks ago, but uh, now we're actually going out and being able to practice them against the defense for the first time, which is uh, a whole nother step. So um, it's just a long process, and I think they both handled it well uh, today. And hopefully they'll do better tomorrow and the next day and so on and so forth. And I'm sure it'll be a good lengthy competition with uh, great players going at it. Jay, with a a rookie and a veteran like like Haskins and Case Keenum, how do you grade their progress? Is it the same scale or do you have to look at them kind of in, in different situations? Well, I think we have to grade it based on production out here every day. Every day is a new grade, and every day see how they're developing, see how they're uh, uh, getting better, see if they're making the same mistakes over and over. See, uh, you know, But but it's a process. This is the first time Dwayne's had a chance to call plays in a live huddle and go after a live defense. And it's the first time Case has had a chance to do that uh, with the Redskin terminology. So uh, we don't expect perfection on day one, but we do expect the guys to know what they're doing when we go out on the practice field, execute, and then continue to get better each and every day. So, uh, somebody's going to rise, I would think. The cream always rises to the top, and we're hoping that's the case.
0: Um, with the misdemeanor assault charges against Monte Nicholson dropped now, is he totally in the clear? We haven't heard anything about the NFL, or I mean, is he are you Yeah, I, to I haven't be... heard
2: anything, so I, I think that's another thing. We just have to wait and see what happens with the league. You know, from uh, all I know, is they were dropped, and hopefully Monte will be a part of this team. Can we do just a sit- Injury update, uh, Quentin Dunbar, is he running now? Quinn's running, he's doing very, very well. You know, we're just being very cautious right now. You know, he had that nerve. We want to make sure that thing is strengthened and uh, he's running full speed, he feels good, uh, but still we just want to make sure we take the precautionary route to make sure he is 100% before we let him go. Landon Collins? Landon Collins still rehab, we expect him back for training camp. Richardson, same thing? Uh, Richardson could be back a little bit sooner than that, but you know, We'll probably err on the side of training camp with him.
0: And then last one from me Colt. Same. Thank you. Where's Darius Geis in, in terms of his rehabilitation?
2: Darius coming along very well. You know, we're just trying to make sure that leg, uh, the, the, the quad, and everything has full strength before we let him go. And that'll probably be another thing that uh, you probably wait till training camp as well.
1: What have you seen from Case being able to help with Dwayne? Is he sort of mentoring him or is it more, you know, everyone staying in their own lane kind yeah, of thing? I
2: think he's more worried about himself right now because he's got a lot to learn himself. And he's going through this process for the first time as well. It's not like he's been here for 10 years. You know, uh, You know, everybody talks about Alex when he mentored uh, Mahomes over there. Oh, well, Alex has been in the system. He'd been playing for a while, it was a little bit easier. Uh, but now that Case is here for the first time, <clears throat> he's got a lot to learn and we're teaching them both, both Equally, like they're new guys learning a new offense. Jay, how would you characterize how excited you were to see Ruben Foster on the field and how much you were counting on him fitting in? Yeah, I'm in? very excited. You know, I think uh, very excited. I, I love the energy he brings to this football team. Um, obviously, he's been through a lot uh, as a young football player off the field and on the field. Uh, but, um, you know, I just very disappointed what happened. Today. His first rep is a Redskin. He runs through a gap. And, and uh, gets injured. Jay, along the lines of Barry's question, you all have put so much time and effort into trying to figure out what causes these injuries over the last few years, and you've put a lot of time into Ruben as well, and to have those things kind of come together in one potentially devastating moment, and you're not even really in pad yet working out, I mean, how do you kind of process that? I don't know. It's a third play. It's a jog through type tempo type play, just as we're working on Nakeds and keepers, faking the outside zone and running a keeper, and Ruben just ran through, just kind of three-quarter speed, landed on a foot, and and got his knee tangled up. I, I You know, I, I don't know how to process it, really. We've had some bad luck over here for the last couple of years, but uh, this one here takes the cake because this was a non-contact drill, and uh, there was really no contact involved in it. He just landed funny. So, uh but we have to move on. We have to get the guys ready to play that are here. We have to do the best we can to get Ruben healthy again and uh, move on. We can't stop practice and not practice because of these injuries. We still have to practice, evaluate our players, and, and work on our crafts. In order to do that, we have to do some, some of these drills. So uh, I wish I had the answer for you. You know, sometimes I wish we do just all walkthroughs and then go play on Sundays. But we got to practice. How does this wind up affecting you at linebacker? Obviously, Mason and Sean Dion both have played Mike and Mo. So how do you mm-hmm. kind of proceed forward from there? Yeah, we, we move forward. I think we've had a history of having to do that at all positions, really. And, uh, you know, like I said, we'll wait till we get the final word. But we do have a lot of depth at every position right now. And linebacker is no different. We drafted Cole. Uh, we have Mason. Um, you know, and obviously Sean Dion. Uh, Josh Harvey
0: Clemens doing a fine job in there. So we have some bodies in here that we feel pretty good about. All right, that's Redskins head coach Jay Gruden, portion of his thoughts and comments, and obviously the big news, Reuben Foster done for the year. We'll come on back, and we'll wrap this up on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 233. Thanks for being with us. Back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 233. I am your host, Chris Russell. Only time to take care of a little bit of business because we heard from Jay Gruden or at least some of his comments and, of course, spent a lot of time on the big news of Monday and the OTA session, and that was Reuben Foster, reportedly a torn ACL and other knee damage in his left knee, hurt early in the first team period, second, third play in, uh, just stepping on the foot of, I believe, an offensive lineman and going down, crumpled Pan and you just knew it was bad right from the very get-go and it looks like he is going to be out for the season and more and probably the earliest you're going to see Reuben Foster on a football field is next year in training camp meaning 2020 if that Uh, If even that, quite honestly, Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere at Hotels.com. Be there, do that and get rewarded. Also, uh, the Locked on Redskins broadcast brought to you by Untuck It. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts, like tall, short, slim, relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual, untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekends. No tucking or tailoring required go to untuckit.com promo code nba that's right promo code nba to get 20 percent off and one more for you as we wrap up here on the locked on redskins podcast also want to bring along a new sponsor and welcome grip six their goal is literally to make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip 6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. See our women's collection. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip6, the only belt with no holes, no flap, no belt. Uh, Grip6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E, L-O-C-K-E. GRIP6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, the breaking news. Reuben Foster reportedly done for the season with a torn ACL and other knee damage. Thanks for being with us right here on a special episode of uh, the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 233.
1: Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.